Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your thinking is stuck in a rut or inside a box, then this is the episode for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and if I sound horrible right now, it's because I just got back from Podcast Movement 2019. It was a blast. I had to yell over great bands in order to be heard and meet lots of great people. So that's why I sound horrible. But get past that, because we're continuing our conversation with Jimbo Clark. His company, Innograte, helps company leaders think both inside and outside the box. You hear that phrase all the time. You just need to think outside the box. You just need to think outside the box. What if that box really did serve a purpose and there were times that you need to think in the box as well as think outside the box? So maybe the box isn't always a bad thing, just some of the time. Get ready to listen to Jimbo share with us about that distinction between when the box is good and when we need to think outside of the box. But before we do that, go ahead and take a moment to hit the subscribe button on wherever you're listening to this show. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite app that you use, maybe it's CastBox or something else, just take a moment to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Beyond the Rut. Go ahead and do that. All right, now that you've done that, Let's go ahead and take a listen to this conversation that Brandon and Jerry had, or Brandon and I had, <laughs> talking about myself in the third person. Wow, that's funny. Well, listen in on the conversation Brandon and I have with Jimbo Clark about thinking both inside and outside the box. Here we go. Those fears uh, and, and the anxieties, uh, you know, those are designed to keep me safe. I mean, my there's a reason that I have fear and anxiety. It's, it's to protect myself and... Uh, I mean, that's one of the things in the box, the, 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 the product that we have is this box that you stick on your head to understand the, the limitations of your thinking. And, and you know, one of the first questions we kind of go into is when you hear the phrase think out of the box, there's a sense that the box is wrong or bad right. or evil. And that's why I need to think out of it. Right. But the reason that it, it's hard to think out of the box is because my thinking serves me 90 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so. How do I distinguish between the thinking that's serving me and the, and the thinking that's no longer serving me? And one of the one of the I mean the, the the two kind of delineators for me would be one is am I getting the results I want? And if I am, then why do I want to be creative or why do I want to leave the rut or whatever? Because this rut's getting me what I want. And then the other one is going to be, is is this giving me what I want in my future? Is 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 my current results aligned to who I want to become. And as long as I'm aligned to the future and I'm getting results I'm happy with, well, that's when you leverage the hell out of it. You just, you know, that's like, that's like, if you're a singer and you get, and you get, you get that one hit song, you know what, you're going to sing that song for the rest of your life. Um, And, and because that's the song that's going to make you money and you can do everything else you want to, but if that one thing's bringing you closer, then you just leverage the hell out of it. Yeah, and we've talked about that before about, you know, some ruts or grooves 
you know, you, you're yeah. in a groove and that, that's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing as I well, love the way you put it though. Is it serving your future self? Is it serving where you want yeah. to be? Mm-hmm. Cause right now you can yeah. convince yourself it's a groove because the money's good or the benefits or what the security, but is it really a groove that's funding what you want to do in life? You know, it's the whole right. Neil Diamond's going to sing that particular song every time he ever plays anywhere because that's the one everybody wants yeah. to hear. Otherwise, he'll have a riot, too. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. And you can do your yeah. new stuff and your other stuff, but you better sing that song that everybody came here yeah. for. Yeah. Then you can fund the rest. So, of I mean, some of, some of your life needs to be a rut. Right. You know, Absolutely. I mean, I got a rut. I get up in the morning. And I make I make myself coffee and then I make my wife coffee. And it, my whole idea is it's like when you're on the airplane, you put the mask on yourself first before your child. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make my coffee first and I'm going to make her coffee. You know, I'm going to do that every single morning. I'm going to get out of bed before she does. I'm going to be, you know, I'm always going to find out when she's when she's going to get up. I'm going to get up early. And that's a rut. And, I, and I'm happy with that rut because it makes her happy. Right. And, and so <laughs> if, if it's feeding me and it's, and it's keeping life good, then that's, that's, there's no reason to get creative <laughs> and say, Hey honey, I was thinking maybe you could make me coffee today. Yeah. And then I'm going to get a list of things that I could do for her, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yeah. so ruts aren't necessarily bad. Just like the box isn't bad. It's just when it's not, when it, either when it's not feeding your soul today, or if it's not aligned to the future. And, um, yeah, I mean, these things or I mean, you know, even even I, I think about, you know, all, all the changes in in normal behavior um, from just, you know, the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter and, you know, the whole there's just such a there's such a, a, a huge change in in the norms of conversation and norms of, of expectations. Um, and that's a great thing, because otherwise we just kind of stick in a rut. You got to break out of it. I've always said that the the reason behind doing something that I hate the most is that's just the way we've always done it. It's like, oh my gosh, Mm. that's the worst reason to do something. Maybe it's a good thing, but that reasoning doesn't make any sense to me because you used to be in diapers, but you're not doing that anymore. But that's just the way we always did it. That doesn't make any Mm. sense at all. So I love Mm. your concept too of you don't run from things you run to things and and i i preach about that all the time it's like don't tell us what you're against tell us what you're for make me want to be where you're at rather than just run from whatever i'm doing now and and most people need to form that conversation of why should i not and one great example is my father-in-law smokes and he has lung cancer which you know makes a lot of sense but i finally told my wife i said you got to quit telling him not to smoke I said, there's no one over the age of three that doesn't know smoking's bad for you. So why should I quit smoking? Not it's bad for me, but what's the benefit to me not smoking? Mm. And you've got to sell that yeah. positive spin. So tell us a little bit about uh, your your company, kind of where you're going with this in a, in mm. a great as to why people should go from, you know, my business is okay. I'm doing okay. Why should I even consider this box being good or bad? So my, my company's name is Integrate, Innovate to Greatness. I consult with mostly multinationals around creativity and innovation, uh, more in the decision-making leading side than in the product development side. And uh, nine years ago, I had a client who came to me and said, you know, we're, we're, we're losing our creative edge. Could you do a training around out-of-the-box thinking? 
And of course, like every good consultant, I said, "Why, well, yes, of course I can. That's what I do best. <laughs> be right back. And then I went back, <laughs> I went back to my office, like, what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> and on the floor, there was an empty uh, box. And so I was thinking, well, what is the box? And so I put the box on my head and I go, this is in the box and out of the box, in the box, out of the box. And I was like, <laughs> I will put boxes upon their heads and it will be glorious. <laughs> And so, yeah, I got paid thousands of dollars to put boxes on senior people's heads. And since then, uh, 12,000 boxes later with over 200 companies, you know, and, and now I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, licensing. So I've got over 100 licensees around the world who have learned how to uh, put a box on someone's head to take the. I mean, the reason you put the box on their head originally, it was kind of I thought it'd be funny. But I mean, the reason you do it is so you can take it off. So the, the, the box becomes like a physical uh, map of the boundaries of your thinking. And those boundaries, is, it's the rut, you know, it's the comfort zone, it's the culture, it's, you know, me being the third of three children, it's, you know, my, my religious, I mean, it's all those things kind of create these boundaries that keep me safe and help me succeed. And sometimes they don't serve me. And when my thinking doesn't serve me, that's usually when people say, you need to think out of the box. You don't just say that, but you actually live it out. And part of that is moving to Asia and say, you know, well, you're not supposed to move yeah. to Asia. Kind of like you were talking about your uncle. It's like, you're you're not supposed to do that. Well, why? Well, I don't know, because that's not what I did. That's not what my relatives did or my grandmother did. So yeah. what gives you permission? Me. I give myself yeah. permission to go do yeah. that. Oh, and we, we homeschooled. We, you know, that was another one of those great conversations that my wife and I had, which was uh, I didn't make enough money to send my kids to an international school. Mm. Um, I didn't like the way the local schools are managed and I wasn't ready to move back to America. And so uh, we said, why don't we try homeschooling? You know, the one thing that everybody says when you have young kids is spend time with your kids. They're going to grow up really quick. And so that those 10 years was my second working retirement. Um, So in my in my 40s, you know, I was very reactive to work. Uh, My goal was at the end of 10 years to have the same amount of money in savings as I had when I started you know, every day with your kids, you know, you wake up when you wake up, you have breakfast together, you do this, you do that, you have lunch together. And so, yeah, that, that, and that's another very out of the box thing, especially here in Asia. It's very, very out of the box. I think Taiwan's one of the only countries in Asia where it's actually legal. Um, <laughs> legal and so, so it, sometimes you just got to make decisions based on what you want. Right. So you, you kind of go against not only the norm from our kind of American culture and what we think, but it's especially there where it's it's only barely legal to do what you did, which is funny because you think 200 years ago, everybody was homeschooled. I mean, yeah. everybody's kids <laughs> learned from your yeah. parents, you know. Or illiterate. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean, the, the level of illiteracy, you know, 100 years ago in, you know, is pretty high, right? But you're right. It's it's not as it's it's not quite as crazy as it as it sounds. Uh, but it's pretty crazy to make that decision. I, I, it's still one of the scariest things. That's probably the scariest decision I've ever done in my life because it's it's not about my life. You know, it's about my kid's life. 
Right. And and it's so important because there's so many people that would say, I'd write a check for a million dollars to have those years back or, you know, to have gotten to experience Mm -hmm. that. And I posted a picture the other day on Facebook. I was walking across the parking lot with my two grandchildren. One was going to the dentist and uh, my daughter-in-law took the picture from behind as we were walking. And and I posted that picture Mm -hmm. and I was like, this is what I mean when I say I'm living the dream because I'm doing this yeah. and for me that was the most important thing i did that day and nothing else yeah. mattered and at some point because i have older kids up to 25 down to 18 that don't necessarily Ooh. want me to hold their hand and walk across the parking lot so the grandkids <laughs> are where it's at you know to, to enjoy those times and i did the same thing with my kids but it once that's gone it's gone now you might start a business when yeah. you're 50 or 60 or 70 but once your kids are grown, they're grown, and yeah. and you get a, yeah. another chance maybe with grandkids if you've managed your life right. So I love that concept of your maybe. investing in what's important, not necessarily what the world mm. tells you is important. And even even I was talking to um, I, I keep saying my wife. I should give her a name. Her name's Anita. <laughs> um, I was talking with Anita uh, a couple of days ago, and I was saying, well, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, someday they'll they'll say thank you. You know, I'm really glad you did that. And she looked at me and she said, nope, nope, don't, don't, don't expect that. Don't expect that. You know, you just just make the best decision you can make and don't expect there ever to be a thank you, because then if, if it doesn't come, you're going to feel right. like you missed something. Yeah. And, and I realized she's right. I did this for me. Right. This yeah. is this is this is the life I want to live. And I'm, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I'm not putting my kids at a disadvantage. But I, this is still, you know, something that's you know, it was important to me. So my wife and I, before we got married, uh, we went to a, like a, a couple's course, you know, like a two day. And it was about, you know, create your mission for your family and your vision and your roles and responsibilities. It was really good. And so as a 20th anniversary present, we went back to that and we, we, we went back to our, our values. And we realized that the values that we created the, that day have, have ruled our life for 20 years. And so we have what we call the hierarchy. And so uh, the hierarchy goes like this. My number one responsibility is to myself. I need to be living my dream. I need to be living a life that is full and that I care about. Because if I, as an adult, male or female, or as I'm a male, as if I, as an, as a, as a, as an adult, live my life and my dreams, then my children will see that and they will think, that's what I need to do. That's right. normal. And my wife's number one responsibility is to live her life and to live her dream. And so then the, the second level of responsibilities to each other. So if, if I want her to live a life of her passion and her dream, then I have to support that, whatever that is. Right. And so she says, I want to learn this. Okay, great. I want to try this. Okay, great. And vice versa. And, beca- and the whole idea was if our kids see parents who are doing this, then they'll think this is what parent, this is what, this is what married couples do. Mm-hmm. They support each other's dreams, right? <laughs> right? They're partners in all of this and they're not going to settle for less. Right. right. Then level three is the children. And that's the one that DNA and culture make number one. And you have to fight against that. Yep. And, and, and even if you do fight against it, you're still going to lose. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. but, so that's number three. Number four is the family you know, the extended family. And we really wanted to make sure that our kids knew their grandparents, uncles, cousins, and all on both sides. And that's why we spend two months a year in Seattle. And then number five is communities we care about. And, you know, how do we contribute to those? And then now in the, in, in, in this retake, we added number six, which is the world. 
and you know how can we make a dent in the world how can we you know make a difference in the world but i think it all starts with that you know me being true to myself me being true to to who i am and how i am and how i show up um without that then everything else kind of falls apart that's so good with your yeah. airplane analogy it's like if you don't do number one the other five are pointless. It yeah. really doesn't yeah. doesn't matter what she's doing. Doesn't matter what your kids are doing, or the world, or your extended family. Yeah, if you're not getting that flow of oxygen, right. you're just suffocating, dying. Yeah. Good to anybody. <laughs> and I've always and, and when you make those that. sacrifices to you know, oh, you know, I do this for my wife, or I do this for my family, or you know, uh, for for my for my parents. You know, in the end, they may not even appreciate it. Right. Or like you that's said, that's not earlier, what they wanted. That's just what. I don't do it because of my wife or because of my kids or because of my family. You know, it's like, no, that's not fair. You can't blame them for that. But doing, taking care of you. And and I've always fought against that concept of selfish is bad. It's like selfish isn't Mm. bad. Selfish is important. Some of it is, is really, really good because we don't take care of ourselves. We can't serve others. You know, and I'll ask this question to people all the time. It's like, Hey, can you help me move this weekend? Most people will say, yes. When I, my answer is no, I really, I can't, not because I, yeah. I can't really as much as I don't want to, yeah. I'll give you some money yeah. or something. I'll chip in or recommend yeah. somebody, but I don't want to help you move. And if I say, yeah. yes, I'll show up at six o'clock Saturday. with some beers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my whole Saturday's gone because I'm moving your couch. It's like, no, I'm not giving up yeah. my Saturday for your couch. It doesn't make sense yeah. to not take care of yourself first and then each other. And, and, like you said, you set those goals 20 years ago and there's somebody listening to this going, yeah, but I didn't do that. And, and I don't know where that course is, or I don't know how to do that. My, my advice to you would be a, you did set those goals. You maybe didn't put them on paper or intend to, but you did mm. decide how you're going to live and how you're going to treat each other and raise your kids. So now sit mm. down with a blank piece of paper and, and adjust it either way you want, yeah. however you want, Oh yeah. but do it for you, not your kids. Cause like I said, I have grown kids. They're not going to say thank you. You're going to see how mm. they live, and that's really your thank you because it's either good or bad. Don't take too much credit or yeah. blame, but let let something happen today that changes the course of your future. Don't just go, well, I didn't do it. I'm I'm stuck in a rut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How much, stuck in the box. There you go. Yeah, yeah I was going to I was gonna bring it back to integrate in the box, too. Um, Jim brought mm. me to it. <laughs> so how much of this discussion also makes it into the, the courses you provide through integrate? Because uh, I know with the box, you, you talk about the personal lives also having an impact. Right. That's one of the things that I find. Again, 80% of my work is, is uh, satelliting around China, whether it's Hong Kong or Singapore mm-hmm. or, or someplace in China. People that, and then I'm working in multinationals. So the people that I'm working with are very, very well educated, very, you know, they're they're the cream of 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 a crop, and you know, they just have no balance to life at all. And it's sometimes it can be really, really hard to get them to think beyond just more money, more stuff. Yeah. You know, and because and part of the box is, is about the vision of the future. So what is it? What's the puzzling situation you're trying to solve in your life? And so I was just doing this recently in Shanghai. And, um, you know, this, these are uh, the senior leadership team for a, a big multinational brand. And um, I said, so what's driving you in your life? Because I want to make more money. I said, OK, well, what are you going to do with that money? He said, I want to buy, buy uh, houses. So, OK, how many, how many houses do you need to buy? 
So I don't know, maybe ten houses. Then I then I asked myself, okay, so how many how many people are there in the company that you lead? He goes, there's two thousand. I said, okay. So here's my question: How many of those two thousand give a whether you buy ten houses or not? <laughs> Nobody cares whether or not you're buying a house, right? right? And so if what's driving you is your greed, then the only people you can attract to you are greedy people because they'll think, oh, this person's going to make money. And if he makes money, I make money. And, and, then, and then what? You know, and what happens when you have a company full of greedy people? It fails. And you should have seen the look <laughs> yeah. on his face. And he's like, well, if it's not about money, what's it about? I said, that's a great question. Why don't you go sit down with that for a little bit? Here's a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you didn't even like spill it out for him because it has to come from him to decide. Oh yeah, what is it about if it's not about money? You know, the money helps drive that mission, yeah. but it's not the end all be all. Yeah. So you're finding the culture in these companies are receptive to that, or are they looking to you to hey, we want you to increase our bottom line, and then they're a little surprised right. by your your approach to that. That's a great question because there's there's the uh, there's the customer and there's the consumer, right? So the customer is the person who's paying, which is going to be you know the ma- senior manager. They they've got a real issue that they want you know the business to improve in, and then you've got the consumer, and the consumer is the person who's actually in the room doing it. Um, and so you you know I think part of part of the challenge that I have in life is I've got to do both. And, you know, I work I work with all the brands that Americans say are evil. You know, I work with, uh, you know, anyways, I don't want to say their names because I don't want them to think I think they're evil. But, you know, all these, you know, whether it's uh, pharmaceuticals or big FMCGs or tobacco. I was just at the uh, Macau working with uh, casinos. Um, so my balancing point on all of this is a couple of things. Number one is my my mission in any job is to reduce the level of suffering in the organization, mm. because I honestly believe that people who suffer less perform better. Right. <laughs> and so by my by, by by the very definition of it, if I can make the people or I can help the people in the organization suffer less, I'm successful. Um, and sometimes that requires them to figure out their their family situation or their health situation uh so they've got more focus for the business and sometimes it doesn't so it really depends on what the uh what the issues are and you know, if it's a leadership program then yeah maybe we go a little bit more into the personal side if it's a uh you know how do we increase sales by five percent or whatever then we might go into the more the systemic side um but uh you know what's really exciting for me is Every day I get to have like my own private MBA, you know, every, I get to work with senior people who are giving me real life case studies of, you know, multi-billion dollar companies, um, you know, that don't know what to do and neither do I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they should do, but I, you know, by asking questions and by trying to help them think outside of their current thinking, um, you know, hopefully they can come up with better solutions and they can follow through and I can help them follow through on it. Um, and, and so that's the joy for me is when that aha moment comes and they say, Oh my God, we could just do this. Yeah. Uh, And everybody could apply that to their own life. You need that outside voice sometimes. Like we Mm -hmm. say, well, you know, I eat really good. Okay. Well, let's log everything you eat for a couple of weeks and look, 
And then you look at it and you're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't really eat that well, <laughs> or, you know, I don't exercise yeah. that well or whatever it is. You need that outside yeah. voice to go, here's what yeah. you're actually doing. But you think I'm a good person. I mm-hmm. eat well, I save money, but nope, you really don't. You, you think you are, mm-hmm. but you're really not. But we don't realize we're just maybe veering off a little bit more to the right than we thought. And then next thing you know, you're a hundred miles from where you wanted to be in life. And you don't know how you oh, got yeah. there, but it's that slow fade, not the big turn. Yeah. Yep. It's the, the little day by day settling for, Oh yeah. you know, I settle for this instead of that. I settle for this instead of that. And as I settle for, then, uh, I feel comfortable because not settling is, is uncomfortable, right? right. Not settling means I got to go outside that comfort zone. <laughs> I got to push a little bit more. But then one day you wake up and you go, man, how did I get way over here? I thought I was going that way. Yeah. And it's just all the little, all the little, I mean, it sounds a lot like my, uh, my love hate relationship with alcohol, you know, and, and there's times when, uh, you know, I, I stop drinking totally. And there's times when I, I, I'm in control and there's times where it, it kind of grows a mind of its own. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I find myself getting into little ruts, little, little rituals, mm-hmm. little, uh, little things that, uh, kind of, you know, give me a certain payout. And then that leads to that, that leads to that. And it's all kind of this, this give and take. Right. And, there, and, and a little a number of uh, ruts. Mind game. You know, people think sometimes I get out of one rut and then I'm good. I never worry <laughs> about it again, but there's a million different ruts out there. We can, oh, yeah. you know, with their personal life, financially, spiritually, whatever it is, you got to constantly oh, yeah. get uncomfortable in order to see mm. those ruts. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah. Kind of the power yeah. of a... Two years ago, I, I, went to the, I went to the doctor and, and uh, not too surprisingly said I needed to, uh, needed to lose weight. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm 54 or whatever, I, I should do this, so I... I I looked at my thinking about well, where 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 am I getting a lot of empty calories and a lot of it was beer, mm-hmm. um, and so I decided okay I'm just going to stop drinking beer, and I started drinking whiskey, oh, and, <laughs> and I, especially bourbon. I really got into bourbon, um, and and that worked great. I mean I lost ten pounds in in less than a year primarily just from changing my habits around beer. So you swapped yeah. liquid bread um, for liquid corn is what I heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now, but now I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, I need to change that. Now, now I'm in a rut around bourbon. Mm. Right. And so now, now it's time to, it's, it's no longer, you know, getting back to that, that, that whole thing is, is it serving me? Is it getting me closer to where I want to go? Am I getting the results I want, I want in my life? And I'm realizing, no. So now, now it's time to kind of get out of that rut and to, uh, 
into another into another uh, you know another way of being and right. reboxing. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> yeah. good. I, one analogy that I always use at work, uh, not because I came up with it, but because one of the programs we use uses it, and it talks about how uh, a plane. You know, when you get into a plane, like you're about to fly uh, tomorrow, and um, you know. The, the typical commercial airliner is off course, they say, about 60% of the time. That's conservatively. So how does it take mm. off from one airport and still land on the right runway at the right time? And it's because during that flight, um, I mean, the computer's doing most of the work nowadays, but I mean, there was a time where the pilot and co-pilot and navigator oh, yeah. uh, were doing all the work. and Had the sextant out there. Yeah. Like, oh, man, the stars yeah. moved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't change your watch for the time zone. Ah, dang it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing about that. that. That probably did happen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's just constant course corrections. You know, to like, oh, yeah. we're off course. The wind blew a different direction. It blew us off course. Okay, we got to just ride it by turning this many degrees. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's something we just finished talking about is that, you know, all throughout our lives, you know, once we get out of a rut, we still have to reevaluate what is oh, my yeah. box Ooh. today? You know, yeah. my box yeah. today is very different than my box a year ago, five years ago, and so oh, on. Oh, yeah. And if we pretend that it's a one and done type of deal, <laughs> uh, you're going to find yourself right back in that rut, and you're going to look up again <laughs> yeah. a decade later and say, what the heck? I had a vision. What? Where, what did I? Where did I go wrong? And it's yeah. because you didn't take the time to sit back and reevaluate. And I know some people out there probably think, you know, sitting back and reflecting on your life for the past six months, year, or even as little as three months might seem like a waste of time because you're not out doing. Mm. I think that time is very valuable because you get to see where you are Mm. now, what you've accomplished in the last, you know, however many months, and where do you want to be in the next few months? And if you don't take that time, it doesn't take a, I know for me, once a year, I take a whole day and just Mm. ponder on that. And then throughout the year, about every three to four months, I take about an hour, maybe two, Right. Um, Plus, we can all agree we don't use the word ponder enough. We should, we should use it a whole lot more. more. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah, it the word of yeah. the year for 2020. I ponder. think if a if a candidate for president will use the word ponder, I'll vote for him. Yeah, that, that's my. <laughs> there was some research that showed you go. if your campaign slogan is some kind of action, yeah, you typically will win over somebody else. Um, so that may not be a good campaign so, slogan. I will ponder. We will ponder together. If you elect me, I will ponder every day. Ponder and pontificate. Ponder me this. Yeah, you know, there's a there's another one uh, that's similar to the like like I'm from Seattle and Seattle has water and uh, when I was young my one of my buddies had a sailboat and so I, I've always really loved sailing and Pecky's on a sailboat right now in the San Juans and um and, you know when you're sailing there's time that you're you know on land you're provisioning. You're planning. You're you're getting a good night's sleep. You're taking a hot shower, um, and so all of that time not sailing is 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 good for you, mm-hmm. right? right? And then then you cast off. And when you're casting off, you're looking at your charts and you say, Yeah, I think I think today we're going to make it to you know here or there, but you don't know what the wind's going to do. You don't know what the uh, the water's going to do. You know the currents. You know the weather. All these things. And so you're halfway there and you've already, like you say, you're 60% off and the wind's going this way. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go over here to, to this other port. And um, it doesn't really matter to a certain degree whether you get to port A or port B. What matters is that you're sailing, you know, <laughs> instead of just sitting on the uh, 
on 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 the on the land. Right. And uh, you know, you, you got you got that that preparation when you're talking about the preparation is important. But I also think just getting out there and and doing it and yeah. feeling the air and, and 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 getting a sense for it. Well, that's what it's really you know really about. Yeah, I think ultimately, and not judging the time on the land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, ultimately, it's yeah having that journey rather than having no journey at all and just talking about it. Yeah, and it's yeah, mm. there's a huge difference in the quality of life <laughs> from that. So yeah, taking all of that into account, and, and people want to find out more about you and how they can connect and maybe even have you come to their company and 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 do some consulting. What's the best way to learn more about you and get connected to you? You can go to my website. It is Innograte, I-N-N-O-G-R-E-A-T.com, Innograte, Innovate to Greatness. Um, you can also uh, look me up on LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Jimbo Clark. Uh, so J-I-M-B-O-C-L-A-R-K. Uh, those are probably the two easiest ways. And your Jimbo home- at Innograte.com is my email. And your home address and personal phone number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all that. So my home address, uh, two months a year is in Seattle, uh, and then 10 months a year is in Taipei. So go look him yeah. up. Yeah, there you go. Just wander <laughs> around luck. and ask for Jimbo. You can't walk be- around Seattle. Jimbo! There's, you in might Seattle, find there's it. not many Jimbos. Yeah, I would think there's not too many in Taipei either. <laughs> yeah. There's the, no, it's uh, it, it's been helpful, actually, to have that name. I imagine. Well, thanks so much for coming on and talking to us and just helping us to kind of unpack some of this stuff and and look into it. I would highly recommend people go to your website and learn more about the concepts and the things that you do and and maybe how they can just learn to even apply it in their own lives, if not their companies, the the amazing change it could make in your own life. Yeah. I'd love to hear from anybody and everybody. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 188. There, we'll have the link to innograte.com so you can reach out to Jimbo yourself and hire him for your company. Maybe you want to do the kind of training he's been talking about. They're starting to franchise, they're starting to train and certify other people to do this model. Great stuff. I got a chance to preview it when I met Jimbo a couple years ago. Check it out. So we're so glad that you joined us this week. And you know the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, or that, I already said neighbor, how, how about that? So I guess I can't say or that neighbor across the street because I already said it. So in that case, share us with somebody you know, tell them what a great show this has been for you, share with them the impact that we've had and helped you, and maybe they'll take a listen. Maybe they won't. You can't control them, you can only control what you do. And if you do share us, thank you. We really appreciate that. Until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial 
with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.